0: you're listening to a podcast from the media motel coming up this week in episode 420 prog rock snooker and celebrities
1: in bands the rise of the all-female festival and the comfort in doing the same things over and over that's all coming up after devo and satisfaction The Parish Council Podcast, bringing you the cutting edge of new music, if, the, <laughs> if this was 1977. Um, I think some other band did a version of this track, but this is the definitive interpretation from the surreal world of Devo, Satisfaction.
0: Yeah, indeed. You can't get, you know, Satisfaction. Indeed. I like that occasional insertion of, um, of of unexpected words into that. I can't get me, no. It's yes, uh, indeed. It's... The, uh, the the you know sort of opposition to the original sort of scansion of the uh, of the Rolling oh. Stones classic. That is my second favourite cover version of Satisfaction oh. because as excellent as it is, uh, PJ Harvey and Bjork's, um, of whom we will hear more later, yes. their version that they did at the Brit Awards, I thought oh, was excellent. Right. I missed that. I shall look that up. That it's, sounds it, it's intriguing. A, it's available on YouTube and it is mm. superb.
1: I like the bit where they go baby 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 maybe, maybe, baby, yeah. baby, baby, baby <laughs> next week.
0: <laughs> uh. It reminds, reminds me of the the person that was yeah. employed on uh, Smack hits who used to type the lyrics out for their their song cards that they used to give away. I think um, Steve Steve Lamax said in his book that he always felt sorry for the person that had to type out the beginning of Dance Yourself Dizzy by Liquid Gold and typed out the 20 D's of the at the beginning and I presume had to be sure to count them all to get them right because someone would have complained if they didn't. (laughs) Excellent. Welcome
1: to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 420. I'm Terence Stackham and here's a woman who tomorrow undergoes a significant step in the journey of life. She'll be one year older. It's Juliet Harris.
0: It's true. It's true. Not only will I be one year older. You know when you fill in a form and it says, mm. how old are you? And you tick a box for a sort of an age range. Yes. I go up a box tomorrow. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I know. It's the it's beginning all, of the end. It's all downhill from yeah. here. Anyway, hello, everyone. Now, um, progressive rock, prog rock. Um, I've Indeed. Had, yes, now you're talking my language. <laughs> I've, I've
1: had my ups and downs with it, actually, Jules. In April 1975, as a teenager, I was in mm. the Empire Pool in Wembley for what was one of the worst musical experiences of my life it was genesis with oh, peter no. gabriel oh,
0: yeah yes
1: performing the whole of the dreadful lamb D- lies down on broadway album they thought they were doing us a favor i have never been so bored <laughs> at a gig in my life <laughs> on the other hand
0: um, I, 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 I suspect that's something that someone might have said about one of my bands
1: <laughs> they thought I, they
0: were doing us a favor i have yeah. never been so bored i don't think life.
1: they put that on posters would they i have never been so bored know. in I, my it's,
0: life it's, they, they thought they were doing me a favour I
1: think I might put out one of my posters that sounds amazing <laughs> no but conversely yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer were brilliant live and I still play their albums now especially yes and the all oh, wonderfully esoteric lyrics and vocals of John Anderson but bringing us up to date last week you told us you were going to see a band that brought together the unlikely worlds of prog rock and snooker
0: Yes, indeed. Last week I had the pleasure of going to the Black Market VIP venue in Hastings, which is a very nice venue indeed. Those of us that lived in Hastings for many years remember it being all sorts of different things, but that's what it is at the moment, and uh, Ash and Josh that run it do a fantastic job, and we went upstairs to see uh, an event promoted by my pal uh, Ben Thompson, who is an author, but also um, stars himself as as a promoter. He calls his promoter name, like, you know, people have DJ names and things. His promoter name is the South Coast Don Arden, which always makes (laughs) me not so so the south does he hang people out of
1: windows by
0: their ankles we've we've never we've never actually known that i suspect there is i mean his partner runs a vegan cafe so i suspect there is some level of some level of joshing there but anyway um we he put on this event and so we went to see the mighty sound clash which was steve davis and klaus tarabi um formerly of gong or possibly still of gong i don't know Mm. um versus and it was all done like a boxing poster um leila who is a, a a sort of a a, a sometime electro person and excellent dj and graham massey from 808 state so something of a of a an impressive lineup to begin with anyway but the opening kind of salvo was um of sort of music uh, uh, well there was an opening dj set and then a couple and then there was uh steve davis's band the utopia strong and i did not know what to expect oh, nice. and it was him and klaus tarabi and a bloke called michael j york and they all got on stage and um, put it this way i never ever thought i would see anybody play bagpipes um in a prog oh, rock cool. setting and i did and and uh, uh what can i say it was it was an excellent evening um having said that it was it was all instrumental as i was hoping oh. to hear the vocal stylings of steve davis yeah. but there weren't any what it does was, he do was,
1: jules sorry to interrupt but what does he do he stage? had
0: some sort of i think it was a synth this, this is mm. going to expose my musical ignorance mm. um it was it wasn't a keyboard it was a sort of a thing that had lots of why i think it was a synth and it had lots of wires that connected things that if you change the wires around it made a different noise so so i uh, i took a really lovely picture of him um as i tagged it when you're an absolute legend but you're uh, you're uh, at the point where you have to wear glasses to see your cool things so he came on stage and started fiddling about and then got a pair of glasses out of his pocket and put them on oh. and then to do, which is very great but um he um i um, i was sorry to have missed his techno dj set later on he wasn't on to a half 12 with house and night, that was just Good. a little bit Good. i say a little bit too late for me i then had to go and pick up some people from a wedding in a rural setting so unfortunately i couldn't have stayed anyway but um but his band they were they did these kind of that was almost what i suppose you'd sort of call soundscapes and now you have um sort of put the boot into genesis and said you'd never mm. been so boring. i wonder how entertained you would have been at this gig but the thing that i liked about it was um it was sort of the musical equivalent of what what's known as slow tv that i think we've talked oh, about yes. here in that in that it, it, there, there wasn't. Sometimes they would stop, and then there would be another, uh, I suppose, "quote unquote" song. But mostly, it was just a kind of a, a sort of a landscape, really, or a soundtrack that kind of gradually evolved. I very much enjoyed it. I, I was seated throughout. I didn't need to be anything other than seated. It wasn't. Everyone else was expecting it to be a bit doof doof doof, and it really mm. wasn't. His, his music was apparently very doof doof doof, but that wasn't. But I, I very much enjoyed it. But the thing I liked about it was he, they, the three of them stood in what was roughly a line. Mm-hmm. Very little play was made of the fact that he was Steve Davis and therefore the star. And I suspect we were talking now about sort of a, a fam- people mm-hmm. who are famous in other eras who try and become rock stars. And it very is kind of the big I am and that sort of thing. But actually, he did a very good job of just kind of fading into this kind of band, really. And it seems like he's doing something because he genuinely enjoys doing this. And uh, my friend had seen him at a, a festival called Supernormal, which is a sort of an avant-garde festival mm-hmm. in the Oxford. Area a few weeks, weeks ago, she goes every year, and she said that she had met Steve Davis's current girlfriend, who was there this this evening when we saw them, and she so she went and spoke. To, I can't remember the was name, but she went and spoke mm. to a brief. And sort of the woman remembered her from the festival. And was very friendly, and she said that that Steve Davis and Co were all very nervous because it was they don't they didn't usually play to audiences of that size in enclosed venues. Really? They did occasional festivals, and actually Steve Davis was tweeting, you know, fingers crossed for Hastings. and uh, And it was it was lovely because it was just blokes playing in a band, doing something that they really enjoyed. And one of them happened to be Steve Davis. I he seemed like a, a very pleasant and low key person, and I, I and at the end he gave multiple thumbs up to the crowd. Who, who sort of uh, who who cheered I, 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 it was very likeable I would see them again I really enjoyed it
1: well it, it shows how wrong it is to pigeonhole people because just Absolutely. because you're good at one thing in the, in this case snooker doesn't mean you you shouldn't or perhaps more actually couldn't uh, try or, or even be good at something else and that it made, it made me um, sit up this week when I noticed I uh, was very surprised at this it's been proved currently by uh, Olympic gold medal cyclist Bradley Wiggins who's currently retraining to be a social worker mm. so I, you know that's a, you would know, we, we think oh gosh but then why do we do that you know just because you're a, a snooker player or an Olympic cyclist why can't you do something else but um, in terms of people in, in bands who are renowned for their success in other areas often mega rich actors are in a band for mm. the fun of it I think rather than success I think Johnny Depp Kevin Bacon do that but Um, Sting of course has combined a successful music career and equally well regarded acting roles but there can't be that many that have sort of done crossovers
0: Do well know? there is there's one actually mm. who i think is genuinely uh, not not in sort of worldwide fame but in mm. certain circles juliet lewis the actress and i'm not oh, just right. saying this because she is a fellow juliet yeah, i yeah, was yeah, a yeah. friend so every time i come across fellow juliets so i always it's sort of like like a eddie stobart lorries honking at each <laughs> other so i'm not only saying and i was once when i wrote for my student newspaper doing legal things i was once mistakenly uh, bylined as juliet lewis which was extremely entertaining and i didn't know this until members of my household found the paper on the canvas and started texting me very gradually. So Juliette Lewis known as a sort of a film actress. She was in Cape Fear, which she got an Oscar nomination and a Golden Globe nomination for. Um, and she's been in, you know, Natural Born Killers. She was sort of in lots of very big films in the 90s, I think, or rather cool films in the 90s. Um, in 2004, she launched an American rock band called Juliet and the Licks. <laughs> and um, and they've gone on mm. to release loads of records and they are really and they re, they broke up and then they reunited and they are seen as quite um they've seen as quite good i think i think they they um they f- supported the foo fighters in Hyde Park i think on the same bill as queens oh, of the stone age and motorhead oh, wow. which is quite a line up isn't it um they seem to have sold reasonably well they've toured around the world so she's one example unfortunately at the at the end of the at the other end of the spectrum um they are the rather unfortunate. I don't know if you if you remember um Dogstar, which was a uh, Keanu Reeves band. Oh gosh, uh, yes now they were, I mean, he seems like a very pleasant bloke and mm. they were dreadful. And I remember them getting a review in Select Magazine when they were on the, they might even have been on the main stage at Glastonbury. They were on one of the big stages at Glastonbury, quite low down during the day, I think, possibly on the Saturday or the Sunday. And they it gave them one out of ten. And it said that the highlight was when somebody threw a tennis ball at Keanu Reeves's base and it thumped his bass <laughs> in time to the quote-unquote music. <laughs> so uh, so mm. I um, I feel so though or Keanu mm. Um but yeah I, it's interesting there aren't that many that mm. cross over or, or there are people who like Jenny Lewis for example who is, who is from, um, from Rilo Kylie but she's also now oh, yes. got, got a big career in her own right and she started off as a, as a child actress right, it's possible for there to be a a bit of crossover i think also if you want to compare it's perhaps more more more, um popular in pop music maybe so if you think about the mickey mouse club that was on the american children that spawned britney spears justin timberlake and christina aguilera possibly from the same series i think so Mm. that is more of a more of a febrile breeding ground it kind of makes sense i suppose if you're in the creative industries to want to go from one to the other but as you say if you're Mm. sort of super mega of famous and then want want to form this band, it, it it makes it very difficult for you to ever have any kind of um credibility if you see what I mean because people mm. always see you was kinda of, I was surprised at how well Juliette Lewis did actually. Maybe because maybe the key to it is Juliette Lewis was in films that whilst they were big, they were slightly more alternative indie films anyway, really. So so she was never in she wasn't she didn't make a career doing huge blockbusters, for example. And maybe that's the key to it. Maybe you have to have had some credibility in whatever you were doing. And actually Steve Davis genuinely did have credibility in Snooker because Snooker is not something that whilst it was enormous, it's never been it's it's never been it's not it's not cool but it's not uncool if you see what mm. i mean it's not seen as being naff it's not like oh. for example, wrestling or something like that it's got some level of cerebral influence to it hasn't it really
1: just thinking about it i'm sure i can hear people shouting at their uh car radio or their speakers or their, uh, their headphones or whatever what about david bowie because, because uh, mm. he, he he had a successful, and of course, in, in, thinking of that, of course, also in a way, Elvis and Sinatra before him. Oh, um, true, mm. true.
0: But then, but then, you could argue that they were famous yeah, doing yeah. music first. And whereas I think what we're trying to think yeah. about here is people that were famous doing other things that then did music. The other, the other big example actually, which I should have come up with and didn't, is Jared Leto or Leto, oh, yeah. who was who was you know has been you know one thing, Dallas Buyers Club stuff like that, but has formed a. A, a, a rock band this is not a, a sub genre which i would expect you to have had much collision but it's called emo and it's uh <laughs> it's, it's sort of um it's kind of like a, a slightly i would just describe it the slightly more it's a, i've always felt it to be a little bit like new metal meets queen in it's kind of slightly more sort of dramatic and and he's in this band called 30 seconds to mars and they are, have been incredibly successful and he was an actor before he was in 30 seconds to mars and if you wanted to speak to sort of anybody under the age of you know any anyone that's been vaguely alternative anyone that didn't quite have the guts to be a goth who's under the age of 30 has probably heard of and or likes 30 seconds to Mars coming next
1: you go to a festival you look up on stage there's a lot of Oaks up there not so many women that's next right after this wonderful track by Bjork
0: Now I've been an enormous fan of that track for uh, for a long time, anyway, but particularly this week as uh, we, talk, we often often we'd ask us about, you know, the, particularly being on the left, about the new economy and how will the economy evolve, evolve and the sharing economy. I fed someone's cat last once while, whilst they were away on holiday because their flat happens to be around the corner from my office, and uh, a good friend of mine anyway, Paul and Catherine, and they said, oh, we knew you wouldn't take any money for doing it, but we've got some their mad record collectors, we've got some old records, do you want to come round and have a look and take what you'd like? Oh and God. one of them was the seven-inch single of Play Dead by Bjork. Oh so, uh, so if this is the new economy, me being Paid in Bjork singles for feeding someone's cat. Then I can't say I'm I'm opposed to it. Really, I, I embrace this new this new sharing world. <laughs> Co-written by Jar Wobble, of course. Mm. Which is perhaps unlikely, but there we are. Um, and and David Arnold, the yes. the James Bond man, had some involvement in that as well. Uh, I yeah, think it, has,
1: it could easily be a Bond theme, yeah. couldn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It could if really only it had it. been, it's yeah. brilliant. It's uh, it's uh, I love her vocal on that as well. I love I love it when Bjork goes for. Hm! I think yes. that's great. I hugely yes. enjoy that.
1: Um, it's become a bit of a thing in recent years for someone to edit posters for music festivals by taking out all the acts that don't have a woman in their lineup, and then this <laughs> shows the substantial gender inequality as very few names remain on the poster. And as an example of the lack of women at the top of bills, this year's headline is on the main stage at Glastonbury, all were men. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I was intrigued uh, this week by this quote from Glastonbury's... Emily Evis regarding the lack of women. She said, The pool isn't big enough. It's time to nurture female talent. Everyone wants it. Everyone's hungry for women. But they're just not there, end of quote. Now, this seems a bizarre thing to say, but I wonder, Jules, if it's actually code for saying that if all the headliners were women, many fewer people would want to attend that stage, or more widely, bands with blokes bring bigger audiences
0: well, i don't know that is interesting isn't it i, I so I've been trying to, I've been thinking this through a little bit over the last day or so. Mm. um I think that there are two different ways there, that is one way of looking at it, and I do remember once the people that ran Word magazine saying that, that, that unfortunately every time they put a woman on their cover mm. their their magazine always sold significantly less, which is one of which was Bjork actually, which is very disappointing but um that that is possibly one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is that of course you could argue that women in bands find it harder to break through that might be because of the because of the conscious or unconscious prejudices of the of the music industry also and I think this 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 might move towards a, um, a a conversation we've had previously on this, which is when we talked about small live music venues. Mm. And you, you're, I think you always feel that I'm making a bit of a fuss about the closing of small live music venues, and I've always made the argument back. Well, the problem is, is that if you want to grow bands that can headline places like Glastonbury, if you don't have these small venues, what are you going to do? And actually, I think sometimes the 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 tell is not so much, oh, you know, it's all banded men in. It's the fact that it is the same bands over and over again chris martin i like coldplay a lot but chris martin everywhere it's the same, arctic monkeys you know it, it's the same bands that always come back to headline mm, play. glastonbury true. i think is particularly bad for that yeah. and i I know that it's a huge festival that has you know and, and i watch things that i very much enjoy when I, I watch glastonbury on telly but i always think it's quite telling that i i feel i could be wrong on this i'm willing to be overall but i feel they are quite unimaginative with their headlines and i think that actually glastonbury could be doing more mm. to to push this forward because they there might be the cold on not many people come to watch them. blah 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 people, glastonbury sells out every year now it doesn't matter who's on glastonbury mm. sells out before they announce the lineup so how does it make any difference if you want to make a difference emily evis wait until your festival sells out before the lineup has been announced and then announce a female and then not necessarily all female but then announce a lineup which has more women in it but of course she might be arguing well the reason that i can't put on any more women is that they're not there because they're not coming through because of the i mean i, I am not surprises me in that i'm not convinced i'm not convinced that's true mm. if it is True, then that that's an indictment of the industry in general, rather than rather than only Glastonbury. But part of me thinks, well, in which case, then why don't you use Glastonbury, that's already sold out, even though people don't know who's there, as as a launch pad for these women, as a launch pad for, and, and you know, Glastonbury have had female headliners. It, it is also true. Kylie Minogue should have been on the main stage. Hmm. It was very telling that they might say, "We oh, you know we can't find these women headliners for the for the main stage." Kylie Minogue played on the quote-unquote legend stage, and I find that ridiculous. Kylie Minogue, one of the biggest pop stars in the world who's still releasing records that are enormous, they put her on the legend stage when she was meant to be headlining previously. I think that is poor form anyway, and I will, I will have this rant, mm. but 100,000 people turned up to watch her on the legend stage. Mm. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Should have been headlining. Absolutely should have been headlining. Had enough songs to be headlining. I mean, I very much enjoyed her set, and it was about, I think it was about 45 minutes an hour long. You know, she could have done double that. She had loads more stuff she could have done. And you f- you feel like saying, well, you had a headliner there, and you didn't use them. So so, uh, how is it my fault that your lineup decisions odd? I mean, it's uh, I I do uh, I I would have more sympathy for this if it wasn't Glastonbury. But if it as it's Glastonbury, you feel like saying, well, you're in the best position of any festival in Britain. You have the biggest attendance, the biggest demand, the biggest platform from the BBC, who for some reason unbeknownst to me seems to stand about five thousand people down yes. there every year. I mean, don't get me wrong, I very much enjoy the Glastonbury coverage. It's I a junket for them, that's but the thing. Yes, you do get that impression in some quarters. So so part of me thinks, well, fine, but why don't you use your platform to do something about it, if that is indeed the case?
1: I think the issue with some festival organisers trying to fix the imbalance by running gigs with only women on the stage, <laughs> I don't see that how that's the answer. In fact, it only reinforces the status quo by insisting that women are so different they need their own festival. It's, it's a bigger issue across society uh, I was thinking mm-hmm. about this in women's sport for example women's football and cricket draw a fraction of the attendance figures of the men's football and cricket and I think although
0: women's football has grown enormously oh it's growing I think, it's
1: growing yeah. but uh, I, I'm just saying it's the, the, the imbalance yeah. is still very much there and I did a quick bit of research yesterday hmm. um, of the f- FTSE top 100 companies, hmm. for listeners overseas that's the Financial Times Stock Exchange Index of the top 100 companies. Of
0: Which one, is sort of the benchmark, the benchmark of the British economy, British economy isn't it exactly, really exactly
1: yeah. yeah. Of the top 100 companies seven have women CEOs. I mean so, that is
0: that is pretty you know, shocking isn't it's it. It's no
1: single issue for music festivals this is a situation right across society and right around the globe and I certainly don't, don't have an answer to, to fixing it.
0: No, and, and it, but then having said that, you could then talk about, rather than doing an all-female festival, I think we had this conversation ye- literally years ago mm-hmm. now, this is how long this yeah. uh, this junk has been rolling on, mm-hmm. about um, the BBC's uh, comedy panel shows and how they hey, then had yes. this quota in to bring at least mm-hmm. one woman, everything, every episode. And then there's the argument that, of course, you know, oh, well, they'll just end up with one woman. But actually, I genuinely think it has made a difference. Mm-hmm. I do think that when, the, you know, the fact that people are now used to seeing a woman there there every single time on stuff like Have I Got News For You QI Mock The Week I've I've seen female uh, lineups increase as a result of that so it might be interesting to see what would what would happen if Glastonbury committed to having You have three headliners of the of the main stage Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three headliners of the other stage Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What would happen if Grasmere committed to having three of six of those bands that are either fronted by women or have a majority of women in them? Mm
1: -hmm. And why not? You know, there's absolutely, despite what Emily Evey says, there's plenty. Plenty well, and,
0: plenty I, oh, and and I get the impression that they are struggling for headliners generally, mm. rather than struggling for struggling for bands. But if Glastonbury is going to sell out and be hugely successful anyway, and actually was Glastonbury ever meant to be about all oh, come and see the biggest bands at Glastonbury? Half the point of Glastonbury is that there is loads and loads and loads of it, and that you can actually not see any music for three days mm. if you want to at Glaston because there's so much other stuff, and that actually lots of bands play lower stages at Glastrea and then it pushes them on so why not make it about that?
1: Absolutely that's it that's there's your answer Emily Evis yes uh, lots
0: of love Juliet
1: coming up living on a loop doing the same things over and over and over uh, that's right after swamp dog Yeah, this is an interesting fellow. Uh, In the 1960s, he was trundling along with a moderately successful music career under his real name of Jerry Williams. Then Mm. in 1970, he had a psychedelic experience. And he changed his name to Swamp Dog, Dog with two Gs, of course, um, and becoming influenced by the new dawn of liberalism in America. How did that work out? Not too good. Mm, And producing uh, such... Excellent work as this single Released in 1970 Swamp Dog and Synthetic Worlds Now amongst the Almost endless list Of my quirks and eccentricities I was going
0: to say We don't have the time for this now Terrence No I'll just give one
1: (laughs) Um, If I go to a pub or a restaurant And enjoy whatever I order to eat I'll simply order that again and again Each Mm. time I visit I never change Not sure why Probably if it ain't broke Don't fix it syndrome In a similar way um, making me feel, I suppose, I'm not quite as balmy as I sometimes feel. There is a growing trend, it seems, for people to just keep watching the same TV shows over and over, Friends, The Office, and the mm. wonderful Gilmore Girls, all an example of the watch and watch again routine on Netflix. Uh, for me, it's Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm that I watch repeatedly. But Jules, you've been looking into this syndrome, and in particular with books. Um, and uh, do you read this, uh, b- By the way, do you read the same books? And sometimes,
0: over. sometimes I do actually. It's uh, it's interesting. It's what is quite interesting about it is is that I and I think that this is the root of this movement generally, particularly the um, the TV side of things as well. And I read a, an article about it the other day. I think that that we pe- that we are living through such politically anxious times that people are using this as a sort of a comfort blanket. And I do the same thing with books. There are times, and particularly having had my spectacular rant about people disrespecting books last week i there are certain lessons that i've learned from books there are certain stories that i like so much that i use them as a comfort blanket or they or, or they or they they teach me if i if i i know sounds very pretentious but if i if a book taught me something that i think i need to remind myself of that i think i need to learn again i've curiously find victoria pendleton's autobiography incredibly inspiring because she uh she really did triumph through sort of mental anxiety uh sort of adversity and sometimes if i'm feeling particularly anxious i find that very comforting so um so this vox article tried to look into why we why we look at it so so uh so often particularly things like harry potter which has become very very popular um so so they had a look and said um maybe the question is is it really that bad to read a single book or watch a single show over and over again um there is apparently there's, there's evidence that this might be beneficial. There was a, a sort of an Atlantic paper um, called uh, "This is such a catchy title: The Temporal and Focal Dynamics of Volitional Reconsumption: A Phenomenological Investigation of Repeated Hedon- Hedonic Experiences," which is a very long way of saying watching or reading the same thing over and over again. <laughs> and it breaks these findings down into four into four categories. The first reason people rewatch something is because they like it. Mm. The second thing is because we're nostalgic people, or humans, and we like to revisit things from the past. Um, Atlantic writer Derek Thompsons has referenced a study that shows subjects who were exposed to popular songs from their youth were more likely to report feeling that they were loved and that life was worth living, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- thirdly, I think this, this goes back to my point about we live in such politically anxious and uncertain times. People, we know how Harry Potter will end and how that mending will make us fit, ending will make us feel. And they call this experiential control, apparently. The idea that you know mm. how something is going to end, which is why I've always refused to watch Titanic on the basis that <laughs> I know that the boat sinks. What is the point? Um, and finally, there is, they said there's a sort of an existentialist purpose. And I find this really fascinating. By re-engaging with the same object at different times, we can more easily understand our identities. Our choices and how our past is different from our present—if you see what I mean. So, so I do find this quite interesting, and the idea of doing the same things over again. There's also a psychological element to this as well. And I, I, funnily enough, I saw this. We agreed the other day that we were gonna we were gonna do this this Mm. this uh, discussion. But there's a woman that writes for the Guardian called Hannah Jane Parkinson, who I've long since admired. Mm. She often does excellent pieces on mental health, and um, and particularly her own mental health. And I, you know about, you know, sort of, it's not the same thing as a broken leg and kind of challenging this kind of, I think, intentionally helpful idea that, you know, mental health should be viewed, should be treated with the same priority as physical health, but then that means that you end up with poor quality sort of treatment. But she's written something called The Joy of Small Things when you're a regular you're a vip um so she, her column is got the joys Small things and this is the idea that um if you live in a sort of local neighborhood and you have your cafe you always go to hmm. actually doing the same things over and over again it brings you great comfort and mm. great continuity and she says that you know that in that we spend lots of time in our life with people that we would expect to so spouse children extended family friends people we work with but she said isn't it true that we often see far more frequently the cashier at the local shop the waitress at the nearby cafe the lifeguard at the pool and she talks about how you know when she's experiencing sort of moments of mental health crisis or just you know genuinely difficult mental health you know she can go and in, into the corner shop And speak to the bloke that works there and she says that when she went to her usual breakfast place thirsting on the morning of her birthday all the staff came out singing with a candle and a piece of toast and (laughs) things like that and she sort of talks about how she she says there is the restaurant that brings my order without me asking. Silence communication is the apex of all communication. The first time in a relationship you both watch the TV without feeling the need for a running commentary, for example. And she says there's the joy of people and the joy of place. And it's the idea of feeling, um, being a regular, feeling sort of belonging and mm. feeling like, like you should be somewhere. So actually there is something great about going into a cafe that they see you. And I remember going into, I used to go into a cafe when I lived in Tentadon once. I used to have the same thing all the time because I liked it. Like you, and I remember them saying, Saying, oh, would you like your usual and i remember thinking oh, i've arrived so <laughs> so so yeah i can i can see there is a sort of a i could i think that we live in the sort of times where sort of politically and emotionally where i can totally understand the appeal of this and actually there in, in, to go back to books that the eyes surely if something is great art then it is always worth revisiting so there is that mm. as well i think
1: let's make me think that well, um there must they, i think there comes a time in life it could be at a young age but more likely probably a little bit later on when you tire we all tire perhaps of exploring mm. I, I think it's especially true uh, i was just thinking as you were sp- um talking there that especially true in music in that I suspect yes, all of us, maybe
0: so actually, yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, all of us love playing songs that soundtracked, it, sound-tracked our lives in the past, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking uh, just i was just thinking like good vibrations or God only knows, still make my heart sing because w- w- when I first heard them, I was very, very young, and mm-hmm. the yes. sun was shining, and life was just bursting out of me, but on the other hand, if I hear Chicago's. If you leave
0: me now. Um, See, I just I, everyone just comes to this for, for your renditions of classic hits,
1: really. <laughs> if I hear that, I can still feel that sort of jolt in my insides, recalling being let go in oh, relating no. my oh,
0: youth. Oh still,
1: you know, it's, it's, it's very powerful, and I think that also relates to restaurants pubs books films is everything it's, it, it, we still feel that sort of it's a word visceral kind of feeling inside that we relate to these things so probably the same as i say with movies tv and books we get comfort in the familiar
0: yeah absolutely i agree
1: now jules thank goodness we didn't need therapy after your appearance with rylan on radio 2 last <laughs> week a clear victory of your opponent thank
0: Despite a dead phone line at the yes, beginning, yes, it yes. was fine But
1: I learnt um, this week um, mm. that one way or another... You'll be retiring from your Radio Two slot in the nearish future, anyway.
0: I will. I will. Yes, to a, a, a no doubt grateful public in some quarters. But yes, I am. I will be appearing again on Ryland's lovely show on uh, Radio Two, BBC Radio Two, um, here in in Britain. On today is Saturday, the thirty first of August. and I will be appearing around quarter past four, usually when they qu- they start the quiz. And uh, and yes, I I will be facing. I'll be my tenth week this week facing Challenger number nine, which in itself is just hilarious isn't it really and and if i do beat challenger number nine and then challenger number 10 i enter their hall of fame and i am retired although oh. i may i may reappear at christmas apparently oh, if somebody else that uh, no one has got into the hall of fame this year if somebody else manages it i'm i may play them at christmas there's also the possibility there was a hall of fame person last year so then so we might have some sort of matchup i'm not sure the producer is very much talking aloud i think when we spoke about it but um but yeah um Who knows? Who knows what will happen, Terence? We've had we've had you know ups and downs. We've had tie breaks and and you know and and ten nines and all kinds of crazy things. I still think ten nine will always be my favourite because that chap was quite cross when he lost and that was that was quite entertaining really. But um, Hmm. although he did find me on Twitter and congratulate me afterwards, so perhaps he felt a bit bad. But anyway, it's the whole thing has just been the most ridiculous experience. And I was talking with friends who were visiting for Hastings Pride last weekend, and uh, I said to one of them, I cannot understand why people have literally gone loopy for this if i'm ever out and about somewhere it's all people want to stop and talk to me about that know me they just think it's the most amazing thing and i said to my friend you know what why you know why have you all gone so nuts for this and she's because she you know leaves places where she is on a saturday afternoon so that she can go and listen on a radio somewhere and she said in the land of brexit and trump and depressing things it's a feel-good story And it's, it's true i suppose it's a micro feel-good story but it's it's just been it's been the most daft fun and I've really enjoyed it. Whatever happens, I just
1: don't know what I'm going to do. I'll I have to explain to
0: you. There's, I've of a routine, haven't I? I get well, the impression. look,
1: all through the summer, starting from your first week, I've listened live. There's been no problems. I've I've, I've been available. This afternoon, for the first time this season, oh, I'm going no. to Stamford Bridge to see Chelsea play Sheffield United. What am I to do? I think I'm going to have to walk onto the pitch at quarter <laughs> past four and just explain to the referee.
0: He's got to. Stop. Just stop for uh, twenty there is minutes. There's also this thing called. Um, there are also the two concepts. Um, a, a co- a sort of split concentration on things and personal radios. And I feel the combination of both well, might I think be your that's friend. What I'm going to have
1: to do. I'm going to have to take headphones and plug in. it. <laughs> well,
0: that would be entertaining. That mm. you, I, I've always been a, a much to the dismay of my best friend, who I suspect is a much nicer person than me at heart. I've always been an enormous fan of You've Been Framed. For many years, I've been an enormous fan. I could tell you about my favourite subgenres of You've in framed thing. Mostly kids falling in birthday cakes and rope swings. I think those are my favourite. But there is one occasionally it crops up where you've got someone sat in a chair people sat in somewhere that's like a church or somewhere like that and uh, all of a sudden someone will jump up in the air and start cheering where they're clearly listening to a sports <laughs> match on their radio. They've done this in The Simpsons I think before as well. So there'll be a weird reverse where you will be jumping up in the middle of a sports match and cheering at something you're listening to on your radio.
1: Yeah, just as Sheffield United is scoring the winning goal <laughs> I'll be in the Chelsea and jumping up going yes oh dear that
0: could... I think Good I residents are listening will appreciate your optimism there <laughs> um, well thanks very much to everyone I suppose we ought to stop this now yes thanks everyone All it's a pleasure
1: always good to know you're there I didn't ask you actually if you're doing anything else sensational that people can find out about during the week
0: I mean everyone's welcome to come to my birthday drinks if they want in the, the Hastings Printworks on Saturday evening but no apart from that oh I'm looking forward tomorrow actually to going to the Hastings Literary Festival which oh, is taking place this weekend Hastings Um, I'm going with my, my various extended members of family to see um, Dr Alice Roberts oh, doing a talk, Species of Animals That Changed Our World at the Hastings St Mary in the Castle, where I am a trustee. So it will be, that will be very good. So there are various Hastings Lit Fest things on. So if you're local or if you fancy a sort of trip down, there's quite a few things available out, out and about that still have tickets and that sort of thing. So I think, I can't remember if George Orwell's son was last night or tonight, but there's some quite interesting people around.
1: So yes, thanks for listening. Always good to know you there, and thanks very much to Rona and Hilly um, as well for their
0: help. Thank you. Thank you, team.
1: Now we're used to you making unexpected music choices, but <laughs> even I was surprised by this one. What's the story here, Jules?
0: So you tell me off when I pick sa- uh, sixties <laughs> instrumental. So I have tried to stop doing that now because then other right. people started. As well as you and I thought, well, okay, fair enough. But um, so it was Hastings Pride last weekend, and the theme of Hastings Pride, which was an excellent event, the weather was was beautiful, and that really helped. Um, was heroes, uh, because it was uh, 50 years of the Stonewall riots, so they decided oh, they yes. made the theme to be heroes, be your own hero, come as it, your hero, etc., etc. I'm disappointed that it was too hot to go dressed as Alan Turing. Um, I, it was far too hot, read and then, yeah, you you, you might think this is slightly strange, but as well as his, you know, obviously. See the, the the story that the work he did during the war, the impalling way he was treated yeah. by the government for being sexual was then pardoned by Gordon Brown etc etc he also his childhood home was about is about a three minutes walk from my flat and there's a blue plaque up so so that would have been genuinely sort of relevant but anyway we we, we went up to you know on the parade which was lovely went up to the oval which is Hastings kind of big wide space and there were various um, sort of drag queens who were excellent comparing events on the main stage which had you know sort of, sort of many 10 hours worth of acts and the opening act to kind of introduce us to the musical thing of, of pride was was a dra- drag queen that came on and sang this song and I had to say it was one of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen. Mostly as there were five kids from a local street dance group that very gamely danced along and even picked up the drag queen and kind of wheeled her around the stage. It was, it was so great. I so enjoyed it. I can't remember which which drag queen it was. There was one called Ms. Kimberly who I think was doing a lot of the comparing. But anyway, as a result of which not only did we have a wonderful time belting this song out, it's a great tune. It's such a belter tune and I feel that it is somewhat unloved compared to some classic rocks uh, rock tunes so i am going to give us a fair hearing to uh, perhaps my musical hero this week bonnie tyler and uh, holding out for a hero